that there'd be plenty of newspapers with plenty of different people controlling them so that there's a variety of viewpoints but there's a choice for the public. And you shouldn't be trying to turn this into a subsequent media circus. Good morning, sir. How are you? Not on the radio. Let's get on iHeartRadio. I want to have one of those. Yeah, same. That'd be Where it's like, I'm a comedian. My name is Francisco (laughs) Georgia. I don't know if you've noticed that the world's pretty crazy right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy right now. (laughs) You boys being crazy. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Send that in. Zeb, you're always so mean to me. <laughs> you seem to just be more uh, is cool he mean, than Is he cooler. meaner to you on this? When he's yes. when the, it's, I tell you uh, why. Because I'm totally meaner to Rachel when we're recording. But it's because when we're recording, you just say more things that just <laughs> don't, don't mean anything. Because uh, you're all McCain. talking and I want to say something. Rachel, Rachel, exactly. I need to have my voice heard and I can't think of something important to say. <laughs> Rachel so is just on. Ra- Rachel is bobbing, bobbing in a sea, a sea of conversation. Between <laughs> me. I am. I'm just being like, hello, hello, me, me. There was a run of episodes there for a bit where you guys were just drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm disappointed that I'm not drinking wine right now. I know. Oh, well, have a have a wine. You try to drink wine? Surely not. No, he's become a wine connoisseur. It's very what? strange. I'm I not a wine connoisseur. Wine. I'm he just drinking wine. wine I'm drinking wine surely, because the bottle shop surely, mostly stocks wine. And so, surely red wine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's not uh, a white wine People drinker. ask about wines. and uh, I You want to know what you're talking about. Know which ones I like and that sort of thing. You and I like lie. it. You know, I've just, I've found enough, yeah, I've found enough of them that I, that I like. Yeah, I do lie a lot of the time. I just go, oh yes, people buy it. But then well, sometimes I can be like, look at this clean skin. It's delicious. You should get this one. Y- yes, I miss clean skins. I really miss. I love clean. Skin. I love them conceptually. Dude, we've got gentrified, gentrified yeah. clean skins. Of oh work. no! Twenty twenty dollar bottles of clean skins that are it's fucking crazy. delicious. They're really good wine, but it is a clean skin, and it's, it's, it's twenty euros. It's the consistent. It's my customer service joke where I'm like, it is. It's it's surprisingly good for a clean skin. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, never used to. Be I remember when I worked when I worked <laughs> at the celebrations at, at that bottle shop. I worked at. They, they ah, had, yes, they had clean there. skins for one one euro, but because I worked there, there were twenty cents. Oh shit! Yeah, right. That's when that's, that's, that's when you were crazy. drinking too much. That's when my teeth got stained permanently. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what happened to my teeth. Yeah, has yeah, happened. Yeah. Yes, but I don't. I think I'm reverting reverting it back. That was good. I used to keep I used to keep one at least one bottle of wine always stashed in my in, in like a, a little bag. And I'd just go around and wherever I was, I could have a, a little bottle of wine. And sometimes, honest to God, I swear to God, it would be like the, the I, I guess it's the tannins. I don't know, the red bit. And, and then there's the vinegar bit. And the red bit was separated. <laughs> the- oh, Tom. No. Was that when huge like... You just like took took you aside and had like a real moment with you. No, what happened was I was I was walking to work like drunk and I had like my teeth were all red and I, and I was drifting <laughs> on the street and he was like, "Hey man, you haven't you haven't uh, responded to my text. I texted you like four days ago." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, haha, yeah, man, yeah, true, haha." And he's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm going to work." And he's like, "Oh really?" I was like, "Yeah, I always work Wednesdays." And he's like, 
It's Thursday. And I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, true, man. Guess I'll go back to bed. See ya. Then he had a little, <laughs> little conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I love you just kind of like weird, kind of half guardian angel like yes, kind of yeah, position yeah, in your life. I made a point now where if anything raises my heart rate, I get anxious. Like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I had yeah. a coffee the other day with Rachel. Oh god. And yeah, I was fucking freaking out for a little while. Yeah, was, yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, it was like it was not a. It was just an instant coffee in a yeah. hotel room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but if you're not used to it, it'll, it'll, if you're not oh. if you're not ready for that to ride the dragons, there, <laughs> the dragon will bite you. You right? Oh, you're yeah. Fine. No, absolutely. <laughs> you got dumped by a ghost. Yeah, we've got ghosts. I'm okay. the ghost. <laughs> I don't know Rachel, I'm gonna give going. I'm gonna give you every episode from now, and I really mean this. We're gonna have a one minute of silence that will not be cut out, where you can <laughs> dictate the conversation however you like. You can ask us whatever questions. You could say what's Yay. on your mind. Yeah, actually, let's do this. Can we see if we can get Rachel to talk for one? Full minute without us saying anything. Okay, well, let's introduce the show one first, and then we'll minute. get the one minute in. What do you What yeah. do you guys think? Do you oh, like no. that plan? Yeah, I'm into it. Okay, but we can uh, we can respond that we can respond to your questions, okay. and we could like it's not like you just have to talk for one whole minute, but you you dictate the flow of conversation, and we will not interrupt. We will submit. Okay. Yes. All right, you ready? Oh well, let's okay. yeah, let's introduce the show. <coughs> Welcome. Hello, to everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Op Heads. Hello. Hello. My name is Coward Huntington. I am Rachel Morrow. And I'm Zeb. Hello. Hello. And Opheads is a podcast about... Uh, th- uh, um, media. Media. Uh, <clears throat> analyzing media and uh, biases and trying to determine where our... Opinions, opinions actually come from. Actually come from. Beautiful. Guys, we're there nearly we getting it down pat. Look yeah. at us go. It only took, it only took uh, 10 hours of... <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Um, All right. So, so let's th- do this. This is, the, this is the first part of the show. We kind of... It goes through two stages uh, generally. The first part of the show, we kind of talk pretty freely about the topic. And then uh, the second part... Uh, we'll have gone off for a week and done some research and we'll talk about it again. So it's kind of like the first part is kind of like, what do you call it in science? We have like the the first test where you, uh, the hi- for the a baseline. Hypothesis. The hypothesis. No, 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 no. You the do control? One test. Yes, the control. The first part and is the And then the independent variables. Yes. yes, and then we have some. Uh, we have three separate independent variables and we come back and we see... <laughs> how our opinion of the issue has changed and maybe yes. why that is. This, this week I actually am really interested to see, like genuinely interested to see what we'll come up with because like uh, like it's it, it, like we've never really done an issue that I feel like we just don't know basically anything about. But I don't know maybe a single I'm wrong. thing about it. Yeah, so this is like... I have talking, no idea what we're even talking about. We're talking about Poland and... Um, Poland. Kind of like one of the, you know, many terrible things that's going on in Poland right now is like, which I didn't know anything about. This is a this is a, a recommended episode from good friend uh, Anya Kostoseva. Kost, I can't say it's been I know her for four years. I can't say her name properly, but she recommended this idea because she was she's very passionate about how the Polish media at the moment is getting uh, super super controlled by the state. But yeah, I don't. How much do you guys know about what's going on in Poland at the moment? I I just spoke to uh, Abraham hmm. 
about this and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know a single thing about Poland other than Krakow is a really good name for a city. Mm. And, and Warsaw. Warsaw is also a really good name for a city. Yes, um, been but, to both uh, of those lovely cities, very beautiful he, cities. Oh, lucky boy. The, yeah. He explained to me that Poland has a very right-wing government and there yeah. is a bloke who is right-wing, extreme right for the right-wing sort of like center of uh, Polish, Polish politics. And that recently there was a photo of him lifting up some anime femboy and that got turned into a really big meme. Okay, that's. that's I've yet it. to see this photo, and that's 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 my understanding. And then Abe started talking about um, the uh, Poland Lithuania Commonwealth, the PLC, and okay, well they started delving very very, very deep dive back into you know Lithuanian paganism and so on. Yes, right. He's okay, with as his Abe paganism. is prone to do, he's a pagan. <laughs> yes, he's proud of his faith. Never forget, he's a pagan. <laughs> he you won't cannot. let you forget, he's a pagan. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel? Uh, well, I spoke to my colleague Sarah today, and she was mm. saying that when she was in Poland, very, 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 very racist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's, I didn't it's, know that. I feel like it's this, it's very much like, uh, I think it's a really good example of this rising right stuff that's going on in Europe that I really didn't know much about before moving here and don't know much about now. But, like, uh, it, it's, it, it's, I think. This is and this you know this is going off my knowledge, and obviously like I'm closer to Poland than I am to like most like you know like uh like Polish cities are closer to me than most big German cities in Berlin like we're right on the border yeah right and like I think a lot of like news gets over especially because a lot of the like LGBTQI rights are, are really being um uh like breach that was the first thing i heard because the it beyond like being a super super far authoritarian right like and really like far far worse than than trump from my you know understanding it's super super religious uh what's that duja duda wait let me look that up actually so i know when i can at least look that up the president's name yeah duda i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but uh remember at first there was like a lot of like there's a lot of violence against queer people uh, on the streets of Poland. Um, he's super, super, like, old-school religious. They brought abortion, oh, uh, like, yeah, last year. I there was a lot of protests, yeah. yeah. So it's just it's just nothing good is happening over there, and it's kind of like there's, there's a few countries in Europe where this super far authoritarian right stuff is rising, and so Poland's one of them. But I know that, like, um, I know that, like, it's... It's like a, it's it's really like the next step. Like it's it's sort of like far along the way towards fascism. In that, like, I'm pretty sure that like now the general consensus is like that the the main uh, media service of which I don't know the name is like um, where they like uh, will run ad campaigns for him the whole time and like interview him and ask. I saw something they asked him a question like. Uh, what what do we need to say to let you win, like on air or something <laughs> like that? Maybe I'm misremembering it, but basically Poland's just like not having a, a good time right now at, at all. Yeah, right. Do, wow. So do, does that mean like uh, do a lot of um, Polish queer people wind up uh, in Berlin? Uh, I couldn't really answer that, but yeah, I know that like you know the the queer things I used to go to was a topic of discussion, you know. Right, right. Yes. 
but I hope so. Yeah, it, it, like I know that, like you know, my friend Anya, and this may or may not stay in the show. I don't know how comfortable she'll be talking about this, but like, yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's fucking her up. Like it's fucking her up big time. Like it's really scary shit. Yeah, for sure. Fuck. And uh, I, yeah, I thought it would be, you know it's something I thought it'd be an interesting topic uh, to get into something where we're really like uh, learning like as we uh, as we go. So it'd be, I think it'd be a really good example of like seeing um, something that like you know maybe you guys listening to this know about, but maybe uh, we don't know about, and then you know we can sort of compare. Maybe and uh, yeah, you know what I mean. We're pure. We're, we're pure. pure. We're, we have no bias because. We know nothing. Yes, apart from well, <laughs> apart from all our biases, well, <laughs> except they're good that. biases. <laughs> <laughs> our lovely biases. They're not biases. They're moral compasses. Ethics. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't include that. <laughs> that is, can be questioned. Questioned. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So that that's kind of the idea. Um, I don't really have much more discussion to generate because uh, we don't yeah, really know I really, anything because really. we don't know anything yeah no. but that's no. a good thing i'm excited yeah. to this the only i like so much about this podcast is because i'm constantly filling my brain with knowledge yes rachel loves it, it. <laughs> loves doing the research and the recording I, yes, <laughs> you're turning I, into cortex from crash bandicoot I don't know what that is. I never you remember he's, he had a giant brain that <laughs> oh, was always played, swelling, played. swelling up and up and up. No. You remember? Rachel no. never watched no. Crash Bandicoot, Tom. <laughs> no, prof- played, his I name was play. actually Professor Nitro. Ah, no. Like Jimmy Neutron. But <laughs> no, no, no. Crash was I a guess. bandicoot who wanted to collect uh, masks and that's all he wanted. And oh, then masks. Professor, oh, Professor I thought it was coins. Ni- Apples. Uh, Apples and, I think coin, that, apples and masks. Why masks? That seems very random to set a game around that. I think it was a little bit problematic, to be honest, probably. I'm sure someone could <laughs> probably poke a lot of yeah. holes. I think it was this sort of Aztec, Aztec kind of imagery going on, but he was uh, a bad... I don't really understand. I, I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> this, this is, is not a podcast top. about this what was going on in Crash Bandicoot, and if it was... We need to talk about what's going on in Crash Bandicoot Come on, guys. 2001. I want to get Crash. I want to get Crash and all these little friends cancelled before. Wait, doesn't this. What, didn't they bring out a movie or something recently? No, 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 no. Well, that I was Sonic. Yes, Who's Sonic? Sonic? Oh, is Sonic, Sonic a part then. of Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> no, no. But Where did Sonic say? come from? Kind of Rachel is showing her her, uh, her finger once again directly <laughs> on the pulse of, <laughs> of oh, society. <laughs> Speaking I of culture, the zeitgeist. Pulses. I, I think I'm going to I'm going to start a, a timer on my on my phone. Yeah, let's do this. We're going to have some no. Rachel directed conversation. What if you want going to say? Okay. What 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 do I want to direct in the terms of conversation? Okay, I'm starting the, the countdown. Now. What happened interesting today that I thought would be interesting to discuss? Millipedes. Why do millipedes come into the house at certain times of the year? I find it very frustrating because our house, we have so many millipedes all over the place and they just crawl around (coughs) and then they disappear and they always come out at nighttime and I always see them when I'm going to pee in the middle of the night and they're all over the bathroom floor and then I wake up in the morning and they're all gone. I'm like, where did you go? Into the the damp, into the damp, dark places. (laughs) But then I'm worried that we have an infestation somewhere because I, a house is spick and span. I make sure that it's spick and span. Mm. But then where, where they, is this infestation of millipedes? Maybe they want to talk to you when Zeb's not around. 
Maybe that's why they're intimidated by Zeb, but they think that you're a friend and they want to make a deal. Mm, (laughs) It makes sense. Millipedes are the ones that I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the right ones. Yeah, they're not centipedes. Oh, that's one minute. Remember that centipede? Really? Has that a minute already? Yes, it's one minute. I have so much more to say. (laughs) 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 Anyway, do I remember? You must be talking to Zeb. I don't know what centipede. Oh, yes. So when me and James first moved to New York, we. That wasn't a centipede. It was like a. It was a house centipede. Uh, Are you talking to James? Silverfish. No, no, no. Okay. Um, Wait, I'm telling a story. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm talking to you, Tom, when me and James first moved to New York, we were calling, I was calling Zeb and then I look across my floor and this big humongous thing runs across my floor. And then I was like, what is that? What is that? And then I start freaking out and then I start calling James. And then we go into my room and it's this huge house centipede, which is like a, it's like, it's a really, really big bug. And we'd never seen it before. And so Zeb's just on the other line as me and James are like running around the house screaming, being like, what is this thing? We're so scared. And then we eventually figured out that it was a house centipede. And then they kept coming. They were everywhere in the house for ages. And all the Americans were like, oh yeah, they're a bit annoying. I'm like, you guys grumble that Australia has all these bugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I'm like, but this you know thing what, I've never seen before. You know what the greatest shame is now, thanks to COVID and now that all the clubs and the bars are closed, all these house centipedes have gone off to the Hamptons. And so now... <laughs> <laughs> they have. They've left it. They've yes. left it in disarray. They're like, yes. no longer. <laughs> so they've, lent, they've left it to the... the the giant shed rats. centipedes. They've left <laughs> the house centipedes have left New York to the shed centipedes. This is the other so time some animal centipedes. farm thing where you accidentally say something fascist. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they're oh, weaker no. than the other centipedes. They <laughs> <laughs> need to be squashed. <laughs> One at a time. One little centipede. Squish, squish, squish. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no. I'm not a fascist. <laughs> okay. All right. Good thing that we established okay. that, and we gave Rachel the platform that she deserves. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to introduce this like regular segment think, on the show. I think, I think this What's is on the good, Rachel's the, mind? The juiciest stuff. Now, uh, just Thanks, guys. three ways of looking at it. I think. Um, I think I'm going to try. I don't. I think it's going to be quite hard because. Uh, well, I'll get into it. But I think um, I'm going to try and do the. The state media, there's one which I think is like the Polish ABC in, in terms of it being, you know, like the state media that, that's meant to be super propagandized. So I think I'm going to try my best to try and focus on that for my research, just the state media that is also considered to be, yeah, I don't know, pretty government controlled. Yeah, cool. I like that plan. I think I might do non-state controlled media then, like kind of focus on the independent news outlets uh, within Poland and potentially outside of Poland and just see kind of what they come up with. Yeah, and I guess I'll probably just maybe look at the state of Polish politics right now, see if I can figure out where, Little like context. how it got there and what it's all looking like. Because, yeah, it, 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 this doesn't have to go in, but Abe was <coughs> explaining that like Poland has an interesting thing where like, they have like a very intense far right thing that but they're very intensely anti Nazi because they're Poland. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They are like indiscernible from Nazis. Well this is this is the thing is it's 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 like from my and this is really getting into like my you know, corner of the bar uh, opinions. <laughs> but I think I think the consensus seems to be 
it's extremely, I want to say Catholic, because uh, they were also kind of like oppressed during like the Nazi regime, yeah. like Polish Catholics. Yeah. So then it's it's ext- like it, it's extreme Catholicism in the face of Nazism. So then it's like yeah, super conservative values and like yeah, it's one of those murky European things where it's not quite as clear cut as mm, in mm-hmm. yeah. America or something. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I guess I'll I'll be looking at the state of of conservatism in uh in Poland and by the sounds yes. of it extreme conservatism. Cool. Oh yes. And uh after that very unrehearsed conversation I I can't really think of anything else to <laughs> mention. <laughs> so. Neither yes. can okay. I. No. Well uh yeah Alrighty. and uh again uh if you do feel like pausing and doing some yes. of your own research uh go ahead take a second uh read some articles or even maybe listen to the bit that just happens right after this bit where someone explains um, what we read and have a look at our sources and see if you get the same thing out of it. I don't know. Participate. I'm just asking for... The, I'm inviting participation. Get Participate. Ass and Precipitate. do something. Yeah, yeah. Just so that we don't have to do this fucking podcast anymore. <laughs> Seb, you love it. I do. You it's love fun. it. Seb's been doing push-ups all morning getting ready. I love telling people that I have a podcast. I love talking <laughs> to my friends, being like, I listen to your podcast. I get to go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? Which one did you listen to? What did you <laughs> Don't listen to it. No, I think, I think it's, I think I'd, I'd be interested to see what pe- if people do that. That's the whole, kind of the whole point of the show is like, we're not doing anything that like, you know, doesn't require a laptop, you know? So I think like, it'd be interesting to see if people come up with different stuff than we do all the same stuff or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah, give it a crack if you feel like it. And if not, uh, just trust us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're we're forfeiting not, we're not... your right to uh, object to us if you don't go and like go to the show notes right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, we're not, it's not seven and we're not sitting in a library 24-7 piling through books and s- covered in sweat. <laughs> no. <laughs> trying to crack no. the Da Vinci Code. Oh, if only. I tried to do that when I was a wee lass. <laughs> what, but the, the millipede Code. problem. <laughs> I was raised on fucking Matthew Riley, man. Oh, I, <laughs> I was raised I on the Bible. <laughs> not really. Somewhat, actually. I was raised on Albert Camus and Joseph Conrad. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Dostoyevsky. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> can imagine your parents reading that. I can actually picture that you're sitting at like the dinner table. You're like about seven and your dad's going like, and then I looked into the mirror and I saw a monkey in the mirror. What do you think he Zeb? What do you think he means by that? Zeb? Zeb? What do you think he's saying about uh, the inevitability of revolt? Zeb? What do you think? <laughs> no, the only my the only dad tried dad got me to read Animal Farm when I was little and then I was 10 when I asked dad what his favorite book was and I think he said The Outsider or The Outsider was in there. And I looked at it on the bookshelf and I saw it was like 100 pages. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could read that. And so I tried to read The Outsider when I was 10. And I didn't get it. Didn't get it. <laughs> didn't get it. But it soaked in. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's good. I liked it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. with that, <laughs> see, see you soon, guys. <laughs> okay. Bye. Have a nice week. <laughs> Catch Bye. you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Severed, History and Politics and the Politics of History, from De Gruyter. From Street to State, How Radical Nationalists Gained Power in Poland from Open Democracy. 
Mobilising on the Extreme Right in Poland by Daniel Platek and Piotr Lucianek, and a few other articles from Open Democracy. Tom read a report from the IPI, watched and read content from TVP, translated with the assistance of Anya Kostreva. Rachel read articles from BBC News, Open Democracy Net, Reporters Without Borders, Politico and The Guardian, whilst also reading pieces from Polish newspapers, Gazeta Wyborska and Polska Newsweek. Give a free beanie or pair of socks with every pair of premium leather blundstone safety boots. That's a purchase from us. That's, that's four. There you go. Oh my God, you remember that? <laughs> there you go. I think I, I, think I, owe you, I think I owe you 400 euros now. <laughs> Only if you're going to use it commercially, Tom. Otherwise, it's like... Uh, 400 euros right. or 1,200 zloty. <laughs> I want the zloty. <laughs> you want that zloty. When I was in Poland, I, at one point when I was be in, a, millions one day. in a bar, instead of saying thank you very much, I just said zloty, which just means like <laughs> Is that just dollars. Word for money? <laughs> 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 I said, uh, zloty. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us nice to talk. back to... Poland. <laughs> if we're gonna do, you can yeah, tell so from that that we're to gonna Poland. do a very, very good job. We begin. Okay. Um, how did you, uh, thanks oh, how to did my you... mum for uh, doing the readout this week. Ah, oh, yeah. How's your oh, mum doing? doing? Yeah, my mum. Yeah, when we were in uh, when we were in Melbourne over the weekend, um, I saw my mum and she was like, "I Zeb would re- I I really <laughs> want to do the readout." <laughs> she said it like very aggressively. <laughs> your mum is such a fan. She, uh, yeah, she's only oh, really? the first like three episodes. Probably because she's listened to more than like any of my other friends. Mm, Why did it? Yeah. My other friends, because your mum and I are friends. Exactly. It's true. But why it's, did why didn't we ask your mum to do it so far, Zeb? Why are we only asking her now? I didn't even think of it. Yeah, no, it didn't. Did she like her shout me. out or did she get offended by her shout out? I don't think she heard the shout oh, out because she hasn't listened to When you dox her online. Much on of it. The, on the lo- my mum hasn't even listened to one episode. No, my mum has listened to one episode. She's <laughs> in a podcast in one of our episodes. I should probably tell her. But I'm also quite worried because I say some not the best things about my family on here. And I feel like if they were Rachel, to, if she was to listen to Rachel, you, like, spilled, <gasps> you spilled the tea. <laughs> so how did you we were kind of already talking about it, but how did you find the the research this week ah uh, yes well On the my piss research, party I, <clears throat> the pissy I party it, <laughs> <laughs> i kept reading that i'm like what is this why because they say it's the social what is the it law the and law and justice, justice party. yeah and I'm like, how is P and I and S? Because Polish it's in Polish. I know, English, I know. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. I got there in the end. <laughs> because <laughs> it's a different time. language. <laughs> um, I found it relatively good. I found <laughs> <laughs> relatively. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I guess like there was a fair bit of information in terms of like on BBC and like the UK media. Yeah. But it was a little tricky finding um, – uh, private media outlets that were Polish that had actually specifically spoken or written about the topic in that English we were as well. Yeah, into. yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. I did find some very funny. Yeah, um, Rachel has a little folded like a little best of for the end of the show. Um, I think we should do it at the start of the show. <laughs> okay. Should we st- do it now? I think it's quite funny. What is it? So I basically <laughs> just found some great Polish media headlines. Poorly, poorly Google translated. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. But th- they were very funny. So I want to read them because I think they're good. Um, <laughs> uh, one dot net. 
It says they almost breathe sex, eat sex, and only think about sex, and they do very drastic things. And there was all of these things <laughs> all over the internet about sexholism in Poland. Sex whole <laughs> like, hol- se- you saying sexholism like a- h yeah, yeah like alcoholism but like sex- ah like sexaholics yeah. yeah okay 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 yeah, I thought you yeah. were saying like so something some people like oh, it's like a sex sex addiction I thought you I thought yeah, you were talking about like sex I thought you were talking about like sex like whole like holistic sex oh, no. and I was like, like Sorry, I'm just like over pronouncing this word um and there was like a paragraph where it says a sex ho- oh, damn it hold on are sexaholics among us <laughs> yes we pass them every day and they don't have it written on their faces that they are sexaholics they don't move or speak in strange ways but their lives happen very specifically terrible in my opinion <laughs> I'm like what is going on I think well, that honestly if the, like, if the piss party- like hearing you read those things out now again it does speak to like Poland's intensely like absolutely conservative yeah. like yeah. sexual orientation. If the, orientation if the piss thing, party so had their way, then they would have it written on their head. Unless, of course, there were like straight cis people. Maybe not, but like you know, like yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so like I think I was I was just so shocked by like how full on it is because it's the kind of thing that like you know being like in Europe or whatever. I think I probably talked about this on the first ep. Like you hear about it, but in this very like. You know, there's an infographic on Instagram, and it's like, uh, and it's like, what's going on in Poland? And you look at it, and it's like queer people's rights are, are being attacked, and uh, you know, abortion is basically illegal there. And you're like, oh yeah, that's fucked up. But then you kind of like reading about it, it's like, oh man, it, it's real full on like fire and primstone, and like reading it, like yeah. actually, kind of, I don't know, like why it like. I, I, that, and this is like, you know, I think these Insta- like these infographics sometimes sort of give you this satisfaction of feeling like, yes, I know what's going on. But you don't really until you read it all and then you're like, fucking hell, like this is so intense. Like, I think it's also when you read like first people's accounts of their experience, <clears throat> it really hits a lot harder, uh, like reading an article about that rather than just like dot points. Absolutely, like, yeah. I think yeah. Those, yeah. Topics, yeah. those topics are always discussed in terms of like – global issues so they are just kind of like buzzwords no for sure in a global and i think there's some but as soon as yeah there's some weird like i mean definitely like an off the bat i want to like you know thank anya for like you know i like i like i could not have done any of the research i did without anya and it's also probably worth noting that like a lot of my like uh, in terms of my biases is like a lot of this comes through anya so i think it's definitely worth mentioning that off the bat i think this the problem is like there's a difference between which is a trap that I fall into, so I'm not being, like, holier than thou. But, like, I think there's a difference between knowing about the issue in a way where you feel satisfied because you, you're you like, I know about it now. I'm, I've acknowledged that there's an issue and I can, and I can talk about it in, uh, to my friends, so it's fine. And, like, actually understanding, like, an issue, which I don't know, like... I don't know if it's, like, just a social media thing, but sometimes I feel like that's the problem with insta-politics. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, sure. yeah. Mm. It's very easy to, like, have enough <clears throat> to talk about an issue in the way that we talk about talking about an issue at the start of an episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, that's the whole point of our podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, we are not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it takes an hour to listen to this, an hour and a half, rather than 10 seconds to yeah, put exactly. yes. of slides on Instagram. Yes, if if we don't, you know, get sidelined talking about... Uh, you know, I don't know, like my... The sexaholic <laughs> Or how much I like <laughs> eating salmon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just bought some salmon. <laughs> what are you cooking? We 
uh, cooking a big chicken stew. Chicken we just stew. bought a cast iron pot. Oh yeah, and uh, you bought it hot. So it's all soups and I bought a, a cast iron pot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you said you bought the stew hot. I'm like, what are you living in country France or something? <laughs> you go buy a stew. Like, you know, in country France, there's a thing called I think it's called roucolette, and you go down. This is true. I know Anna's looking at me again like I've gotten Europe wrong, but I've done this, so it's true. <laughs> you go down you go down to like the local butchers or whatever or like the servo or and you buy a pot. You buy a whole pot with a delicious stew inside of it and then you eat it and then you give back the pot. Oh, there you go. It's called roucolette and it's really good. <laughs> Very tender meat, yeah. but yes. Anyway, I, I feel like I'm getting we're getting, we've got a bit sidetracked. Yeah, I think we're getting sidetracked. Okay. okay. I'm wondering if you would uh, like some context on Catholicism in Poland that I got from talking to Anya, which is yeah, actually that would be very good. I do talk about Catholicism in Poland, but not like specifically. Well, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yes, yes, the answer is yes. My my kind of my like, you know, this all just comes from talking to Anya, that's my source on this. Um uh but the way she feels about it is she kind of talks about how like, you know, cuz like, you know, like, you know, like I, I think we talked about this in the first episode, but like Poland went from the hands of the Nazis directly to the Soviets, both of whom were very oppressive. Um mm-hmm. and so it became very hard for Polish people to kind of have any connection to like their national identity. Um, and it was already like quite a religious place. Um, but from the way Anya sort of described it, she said that kind of, like there was some, in, especially I think in the cities, but like there was some uh, freedom of religion, but in very, in very like, uh, I don't know, like, like, like during the, like she said her grandma for example, would go to church, but she would go to one a few neighborhoods over from her neighborhood because, like, uh, just in case she was being spied on or whatever. Like, so it was a little, like, uh, risky to, like, be active, an active Catholic in Poland. But uh, oh, right. it kind of became this the only means of, like, celebrating sort of slightly, like, from what I got from her anyway, like, slightly under the under the radar like you could kind of celebrate some certain practices and cultural traditions and so like it basically anything to do with polish nationalism got wrapped into catholicism around that yeah. time yeah yeah of yeah, course yeah because yeah. you couldn't you could like yeah because the soviet union was not into national no, nationalism at all like it was about oh, like right. the yeah, union yeah. as a whole yeah yeah and then and then also like the only other context she gave me which i think comes up a lot in my research and maybe in, in your guys too is like Basically, the two kind of like, uh, what's a word for this? Like a, like a, you know, when you you use uh, something that's built into like the the national history of a country to kind of as ammo to attack your political opponent. But basically, there's a lot of like shit slinging in Polish politics of just both sides, uh, both parties accusing each other of either being Nazis or Soviets. Because they're the two great enemies uh, of the of you know Poland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a lot, and you, I definitely it pops up a lot in my research. I think where there's a lot of like, oh well, th- like you know, like this side of this side of the political spectrum, they're being Nazis because yada yada, and they go, oh, and the other side would go, no, like they're Nazis because of blah blah blah. But um, that, that's yeah. that's the two bits of context that like uh, that I would mention off the bat. Yeah. No. It's 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 interesting. Like I think that. 
Poland being like such an like like having such an intense kind of like uh, extreme right wing contingent is interesting in its place in history, with, like in regards to World War Two and and like the Nazis and stuff, because obviously they hate the Nazis, yeah, which they should, but at the same time they like. Kind of like, like they, sympathize in a lot of ways with with like fascist ideology. That's the thing. It's that's like the, as long as it's not expressly Nazi. Exactly. I think that's the interesting thing is like you, it's this sort of learn like like you would think that a country that's been under the like oppressive thumb of like you know one of the greatest examples of like widespread fascism and really suffered under the thumb of you know widespread fascism would kind of not want anything to do with right-wing politics but i guess because it's under like the guise of religion and also because people don't you know like i mean like this was anya's opinion so again you know maybe i'm slightly biased but it just it does feel like a little bit like people either don't learn or i kind of don't mind because it's like well it's not it's not i'm not at risk here as like a white older male Catholic politician, I'm not the one who's going to be suffering under the thumb of like this government. So it doesn't matter, you know, or, or, yeah. Or it's for God. Yeah. But I also think that like, and this is just me putting a different perspective on it. Um, But when you have like a culture or a society that has been so oppressed by a certain kind of thinking and a certain way of thinking, may it be like fascist or Soviets or whatever it is, over time Mm. that kind of way of thinking and being able to function and being able to like survive and have like a running society and all that kind of thing, people would not see those ideals as – as bad or like you know, it like it soaks you, it soaks into the fabric of the place a little yeah. bit yeah like maybe. it's kind of everyone just accepts that that is the way that it is and that everyone seems to be doing okay and again like your point of being like yes like white cisgendered people or that kind of thing mm. plays a part in that because they aren't necessarily the ones experiencing the oppression yeah 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 extent, yeah it could be yeah yeah i mean yeah we're definitely in the realm of speculation but it, yeah, it's an interesting point for sure yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting. I like on like on this. I in my research, I found this story of this dude, uh, Thomas uh, Grenuk. Have you come across this dude at all? No, time? not at all. No, I, I only looked at media, so I, I really like. Yeah, yeah. So, well, this guy. Uh, it was interesting. He uh, like um, I don't know exactly when it happened. I think it was quite recently. Um, yeah, uh, it was like very recently, start of the year. I think, or maybe late last year, this dude Tomas Grenuk. Grenuk. He was appointed to be like a, um, like a, I don't know, some sort of like high up figure in the uh, IPN, which is the uh, international. Uh, sorry, the Institute of National Remembrance, which is like a, a World War Two history sort of like museum. Oh, okay, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Like, but this guy, uh, <laughs> yeah like is flat out nazi like that he mm. he was he resigned pretty quickly after these photos like resurfaced of him back in 2007 at an independence day uh march um which had like a whole bunch of like far right skinheads and all this sort of thing yeah right okay yeah but there's photos of him standing there doing the fucking salute doing a doing a hall <gasps> hit oh my god it's the mental gymnastics oh. of like it, it's it's oh, so confusing yeah. to me like i just yeah i don't understand i guess like i know yeah, I, and it's really interesting cuz this dude like went and and he said like oh you know like i 
at one point he said, like, I don't uh, believe in those things anymore. And then he also said, I still do believe in those things, but my actions have changed. Yeah. And then he, in saying that, he also said that, like, he also tried to, which I've never heard this argument before. He tried to pull the swastika is a is a Buddhist symbol, oh, God. but with the fucking salute, yeah, yeah, ancient Roman like, symbol. Which, well, that was like, actually a Roman, Buddhist oh hand God. gesture as well. <laughs> I was like, hanging yeah, out with some lovely, lovely, a, aggressive young Buddhists my... <laughs> walking the streets of Warsaw. <laughs> it's just how we f- say hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah in mad, front of in mad. front of you know like runic <laughs> oh, fucking flags. <laughs> But yeah, so this guy, yeah. But also, like in in 2018, like Andre Duda, like the president, yeah, awarded the pra- no president. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, it's again, minister. it's one of like a, 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 there is a prime. Minister, there's a prime minister, a yeah, but Duda's the the big uh, okay. the big boy. President. I think the I prime read. minister doesn't have as much. I was reading a lot of things back from like five years ago that I didn't realize, and I was like, wait a second, what? This is not right, and then I had to realize that it was like five years. Yeah, ago yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. He's been in for power yeah, so for a long time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Andre Duda, the president, um, in, back in 2018, awarded party. this fucking dude a uh, yeah of the piss party, awarded this guy, this Greniuk guy, um, uh, a uh, Polish bronze cross of merit. Ah, no, and you uh, did mention this. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is a which is a medal awarded for like excellence in public service for his scholar scholarly scholarly work on uh, Polish soldiers who fought against communism in Poland in the late stages of uh, and post World War Two, which is it, it, pretty it, crazy. And so it must be so muddled to be oppressed by two nation states who fought against each other, like and a very, yeah. very different. Like I mean, well, like ignoring the horseshoe effect, of, like of the authoritarianism of both of them. Like you know, like it must be so, like such a confusing thing to have like two enemies that, are, like on paper anyway, very different from each other or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, so I guess I'll, uh, I'll just like, yeah, paint a tiny little picture. Um, of uh of how the uh like the far right has kind of like come to be please in, uh, please do in Zeb. Poland take it away <laughs> that's, that's so condescending <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on Zeb <laughs> do it show us <laughs> blow it. our minds <laughs> strut your stuff get ready I read a journal um. Yeah, so essentially, like, the kind of, like, mobilization or, like, build-up of, like, Polish, like, uh, right-wing extremist sort of values seems to have began in, like, the kind of mid-late 1980s. Right, so you know, still... the formation of the old Polish youth uh, movement and... Um, and this is still Soviet Poland, yeah, yeah. Still Soviet Poland, but, yeah, you know, like, towards the end of it, I'm, I am I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I found that like a like a def- a definition of the like extreme or, or radical right in Poland kind of differs a bit from uh, a lot of other places in the West, mm. and I, I guess like I would assume that it's due to the um, kind of like because of Polish Poland's position in the uh, Soviet Union, and I guess it also kind of relates back to what we were talking about in the um, in the Caucasus episode mm. where. You don't have national. Well, it's different in that, like, uh, Armenia Azerbaijan didn't necessarily have nationalism before the Russians got there because they weren't a nation state beforehand. Right, right, right. But I guess it's the same sort of thing where Poland went for 
uh, what, you know, like roughly like 60, 50, yeah, 50 years without really being its own, like being able to ex- express itself as its own nation. Right. You know, like... And, from, and then even from, like, even uh, in the, the history before that, it was like sort of, like from my knowledge, like it, it was sort of thrown around through the different kind of empires and joining empires and leading yeah, empires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I guess like it's... Like the the kind of different history that it went like that it has been through to yeah, yeah. somewhere in the west um, means that its nationalism is like expressed like quite differently. Mm-mm. You know, um, yeah. So I read that like apparently according to a, like a pretty recent census, I can't remember exactly what date it was from. It indicated that like I think it was it was between ninety five and ninety eight percent of respondents uh, like identified themselves as like Polish nationals, which means that there isn't like a whole lot of immigration there. I think that you know like in the what was it twenty fifteen like when when all of the uh, refugees were marching across Europe yeah, from yeah. Syria, Poland took in two hundred. Yeah, yeah, I can believe really? yeah, they were one of the like one of the <gasps> lowest in kind of like you know like mainland Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the and the two hundred that they accepted that year were Christians. And yeah. So yeah, that, and, yeah. and and it being that year means that they aren't necessarily from Syria. They are just refugees. Yeah. Yeah. Like from you know could have been from anywhere. Um. So yeah, like I think that the right then tends to be less sort of. I don't know, this is a funny thing to say, but like less xenophobic. Not to say that they wouldn't be if immigration was more of a thing that they were thinking about. Right. 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 It's not. They seem to be a bit less xenophobic and more focused on like preserving the traditional values that they kind of got to write, you know, back in like the nineties. Okay, that's you know, interesting. Like what yeah, you were talking yeah, about, okay. Tom, I mean, with like the with the Catholicism being tied to it, mm-hmm. where they they kind of like started coming up with traditional values that weren't necessarily born out of tradition, but were more born out of somewhat like an institutional idea of tr- tradition right okay so does that make sense yeah I, that, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense it's yeah it's complicated but it's yeah i i totally i can understand how that works yeah because we're just used to nationalism yeah. usually works very specifically but i think it is a little a little different when there isn't like a it's not so much like of an enemy it's more like a consolidation like they're like they like you said there would be yeah i'm just repeating your point <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it, 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 like, but it is, it's, it's interesting because it's different. It's different to like, mm. if this was like, yeah, nationalism in Australia is going to look very different to the way it looks. Yeah, it's looked at almost oppositionally kind of everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like these, like the values of, uh, of the Catholic Church that have been kind of intrinsically tied to Polish nationalism are, unsurprisingly, you know, very anti-LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. um, ideals, and then. Also, like the like conformity to traditional gender roles, and so women's liberation is not a thing that people are hugely interested in in Poland. Or at least, like the far right are not interested in in Poland at all. Yeah, and then um, yeah, yeah, and so <clears throat> I thought that was an interesting thing. I I read this article uh like um called uh mobilizing on the extreme right in Poland: marginalization, institutionalization, and radicalization. Which uh, which we'll have uh, linked in the show notes because it's quite interesting. It was like an academic general thing that I read. Oh, cool. Um, which explained the uh, like mobilization and sort of like uh, 
surgeons, uh, which is not a word that I've ever said before because it's usually insurgents or resurgents. Yeah, I, was, I, heard, I didn't know that was a word. Without I know, I typed it into my notes and then it didn't pop up as a spelling It seems error. kind of and naked without a little prefix. And yeah, it does. I know, but the surgeons Ooh. of extreme right right ideas in uh, Poland. Um, yeah, so there's this like yeah, this theory behind these uh, ideas called opportunity structure theory, which applies oh to a lot of different things. But like in a someone's in a but someone's been to fucking university, man. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> for about two months, big there dog. There you go, <laughs> fucking hey, dude. I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> dude, it was so weird. Fuck it, like writing all these notes and like not have. I was saying to Rachel, like not having to do the whole Harvard referencing system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it must really show you how much in the show we're just vibing it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I read an article that said something about I something about uh, truckers. I don't know, remember. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, oppositional structure theory is essentially like the idea of like. Um, Seizing on, like, various social and political opportunities to push a particular, like, agenda. And so that's kind of, like, the framework that this journal article was, like, looking right, at okay. the mobilization of, of the far right in uh, Poland through. And so um, I've got a quote here from that saying, like, within this paradigm, the extreme right is not only a byproduct of an anomic situation, but uh, but rather an agent... <laughs> but, but rather an agent seeking favourable opportunities and actively adjusting to to its social environment. Okay, wait, and explain that in layman's sense because that went a bit over my conniving political scheme. Essentially what they're saying is that um, they, uh, rather than kind of like trying to create a market mm. out of like a vacuum... They are capitalizing on 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 sort of like small moments, like culturally and socially, mm-hmm. that can be used to to like to further their yeah. own agenda. So okay, basically, like use like the pandemic as an example of that. Like how so many things were happening with the pandemic, and now they're like jumping on this fear of like health and like unknown and like distrust and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right, right. right. Even which would normally like, within the con- within that context, like. And and also in this context with like Hungary, yeah, yeah, Hungary has like utilized the the pandemic to essentially like instate a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and a lot of po- yeah. and a lot of what Poland is doing. Is yeah, 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 totally. And yeah, yeah, and and I suppose I mean, this, like is the, this, yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. this is the this is the this is kind of the the spot that would normally sort of that that would normally process would normally apply to like anti-immigration kind of rhetoric, but seeing as like I guess that's kind of yeah. the replacement of that, right? Yeah, so. Like I'll read this other quote from that uh, from this article. Like that the uh, the the reinvigoration of national democracy tradition, democratic tradition, of anti-Semitism and fundamental Catholic, uh, Catholicism at the turn of the century mm. served as a vehicle for the right wingers to enter the mainstream political discourse, which is like essentially like what I've been saying that like yeah yeah by by kind of utilizing like this kind of lack of national identity that had been lost you know mm-hmm. in the kind of yeah, like fifty years of Soviet rule, and then ten, fifteen years of of like you know World War Two means that like yeah, in that vacuum of national identity, they were able to tie it to the to the church and then mm-hmm. radicalize kind of from there. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, um, 
So yeah, the frustrations that were being felt then and then capitalized on seem to be like to me at least like similar to like France with the with the Gilets Jaunes. Yeah, okay. So we're talking like wh- when are we talking about now? Like 2015. No, <clears throat> uh, this is just about like how the kind of like the extreme right got to where they ah okay. Are, so we're still you know, we're like, still back back a bit. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and so like yeah, as yeah. like a as a as a country that kind of. Um, is sort of new in terms of its own independence, has jumped into populism quite quickly, mm. much faster than a lot of other, you know, countries where, like, say in France, you have, like, neoliberal, uh, like, established politics yeah. was the reason behind, like, uh, populism and that whole sort of thing. A similar thing, a, a, a similar thing has sort of happened here, but in... It just like in in the in like in the birth of mm. the of the independent Poland. Okay, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, but that's that seems much more dangerous because it feels like it would be more ingrained into kind of the DNA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, it's yeah. I guess there's something to be said. Like it could be, if it wasn't extremely right wing, then maybe it, it wouldn't be so dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. In the DNA. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But, like, yeah, but in this instance, it is quite dangerous. Mm. Yeah. So throughout this insertion, like by the far right, uh, into like national identity, they also like then kind of managed to expand on the traditional values that kind of already existed, you know, in the framework of, of Catholicism and stuff like that, and then push them to further extremes. Yeah, okay, okay. And so I got a quote here from that article, which is the last one I'll read. The extreme right not only exploded existing cultural frameworks, but also managed to bridge the bridge and expand on them, constructing a master framework connecting nationalism, the ideo- I, <clears throat> the ideology of Polish martyrdom, homophobia, and Catholicism. My God, what a kind of what like a mess! Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's just like can't really think of anything worse. Than yeah, that. absolutely. Like, yeah. Put all those things together. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's especially noteworthy of like that. There's a lot of pain and a lot of anger like in there as well because it's like it, it kind of it kind of fuels like what. Uh, and we're in, you know we're in the realm of me just sort of rabbiting on but like i feel like somehow like a smarter person could explain this better than me but like it's it's when it comes from an emotional base of like this feeling of like such pain and anger from very 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 horrible atrocities that happen to a country it kind of makes it it, it like sort of enhances what feels different in Australia because it's like <clears throat> some racist people and some people getting whipped up into a frenzy about immigration is very different than something that's sort of like a bunch of different ideas sort of fueled with this kind of like this this real national pain as well, you know? Yeah, well, I think that like when you have like such a gaping wound that Poland's had for the last, yeah, like, I don't know, 70 years, it makes sense that that anger can be weaponized very easily, which I think is something that we've, like, I feel like it's something that we talk about quite a bit. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to capitalize on, capitalize on, on pain. Yeah, on emotion. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and like the, and like the radical right are very good at doing that and they have no issue with doing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's also like this sense of confusion and lack of identity that the Polish people have because of all of these different kind of, like, as you said, like, they don't have this, like, national And so in order for people to feel like they have this sense of belonging and that they have something to, like, really believe in in a country, the government can very easily form that and, like, kind of manipulate that and then use that to their advantage. Mm. 
by just like preaching certain things and that if that's something that someone really likes or like has some sort of connection to, they'll follow that. Yeah, yeah. To feel like if, if we if, that sense of nationalism. Yeah. Like, like going by this assessment, it's like if we look if we look at it like it's a it's got a gaping wound, you can kind of patch that up with a lot of different things. But I'm interested to know what like what like you know talking like b- before Duda and before the piss party, what was the kind of political landscape like? Because I mean, the, the, from my research, the piss party would paint it as being so far left, <laughs> it's basically communist, <laughs> which I can't believe is true. Oh, wow! Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really strange that. Yeah, I don't. I don't like know heaps about the like. I tried to kind of like delve into the to the history, but I also wasn't. And this, you know, is my lack of work. But I wasn't that interested in trying to understand the entire political system of, of Poland to, right, to, right. To, to like for this episode but it seems as though they have been like because the piss party came to be in 2001 at the same time that they got a like they got elected right really? right they were elected in 2001 yeah yeah and they they haven't been in power the, the entire time but they like they they were like they first came in uh, with these two twins named uh Lech and um Lek and uh, Jarowask or something like that, Kaczynski. But yeah, and so I like from what I can gather, <clears throat> they they started off as like a relatively, you know, like I think in in a in a Polish context, like a centrist right, party right. who had like an intense like law and order bent. But then, um, th- I think that they were pretty quickly uh, kind of. Bringing people into the party or into into governance who had f- quite far right leanings, right? Okay, okay. And so, like they they kind of, which is which is another part of like, which is a thing that I think that um, uh, like right wingers, like sophisticated right wingers, are very good at, mm-hmm. which is uh, like that sort of long game uh, infiltration of governmental systems. Like if you're Right, if we divide far right, radical right, and and extreme right into different categories, the extreme right you could say are like anti-statist and anti-democracy, whereas like the radical or far right don't, like they are willing to engage in a political system to achieve their goals. Right, I get that. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, and so, but it just seems also the language used: far right, extreme right, and radical right, just bad wording. Well, Not I think like they they generally yeah like they're used interchangeably, but I think like when there is a need to distinguish between these different branches, yeah, like yeah. it's still like a it, like it is still a necessary thing because you don't want to confuse like those two things. Yeah, they're they're different. Yeah, it's it's weird things. because it's like on the left that makes so much more sense to me than on the right because on the right I think anyone who gets yeah. that far right, the spectrum, they're all the same. But it's <laughs> it's important to know because like uh, anything that gets that far on the right, you feel like they're they're just the same, but they are. It, like so different, and and they like yeah, absolutely, yeah. and they and and like they're they're an ecosystem that like like and they utilize each other. You yeah, know? yeah, like the far right does this, or the right does this, the far right does that, and then the far right gets here, and so they employ someone from the radical right, and then that gets to a certain level, and then the extreme right comes into it. All this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that it, it it is very sophisticated, and it goes against like a narrative that I think like lefties tend to have that like right wingers are stupid and mm, like yeah, incapable yeah. of doing anything but it's not it's not it's not true because no, no. like of, which makes sense because you know like right wing is about preservation of cash let's say a lot of the time 
therefore is going to employ people who are smart enough to, <laughs> you know, hold on to people's cash. Yeah, yeah. Crash and like, and, and so, like, yeah, a, like, you know, historical, like, racial prestige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that, like, and they utilize, like, uh, traditional and cultural heritage and national identity to preserve cash. cash yeah, the yeah, time. yeah. The, the right in Poland has been kind of, since even before the fall of the Soviet Union, making an effort to, um, like, infiltrate as much as they can. And that's where, like, the Piss Party kind of, like, ends up being now is that they are even like and now they are like a like you know seen as a very right like far right extremely conservative political party but they're very good at allowing smaller actors smaller political actors to come in and infiltrate without anyone necessarily noticing that all like all of a sudden we have all of these people who are like straight up nazis or like Mm, you know mm, like mm. white nationalists or whatever yeah like Within that sort of like within that within that whole framework of uh like that whole context of um of like far right in like intensity that has been building over the last thirty years uh since like polish independence twenty twenty years thirty years thirty years of polish independence like those traditional like those old school ideas of like uh gender equality have been going on, which has informed their, like, very full-on stance on, uh, like, abortion and women's rights in any capacity, as well as, like, very full-on anti-LGBTQIA plus ideas have been, like, employed and become part of the the established government now, you know, being, like, kind of existing as, like, a pretty far-right, socially conservative and tied to the yeah, yeah, church. Yeah. But basically, from, from my understanding is, like, over, over Duda's long career, the, uh, the, two, the two points that really stick out are, like, um, very, very scary stuff about queer LGBTQ plus rights, like, uh, and, like, creating, like, uh, I remember creating, like, safe space for straight people, that kind of thing, and, like, a lot of the removal of any kind of progressive queer or like culture like in poland pretty much at all dismantling it from the ground up yeah yeah and then because i know that like every time there's a like there's a particular march that tends to happen every year um i can't remember what it's called which is like a a march for the rights of sexual minorities and uh every year that seems to be growing in opposition where people come and like pelt them and like people get injured and you know, yeah absolutely and and like- and people are really facing like crazy very intense jail sentences for like uh for protesting or for speaking out against duda in the media which is all very fascist yeah there was the bloke who got called who called him a moron and got sent to jail exactly for- yeah and then also i the like apart from i think there's i think there's a couple of little technicalities to this but basically from what i can understand like abortions basically being made illegal apart from like there's a th- yeah it has there's a few cases where it can be yeah 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 okay so there was like a a lot of marches uh from young but not necessarily i mean it's painted as young people i mean i, I know that it was like led by a lot of young people uh in opposition to the piss party during like uh, the time when they took away uh, rights of abortion uh, and that kind of crosses a lot into like the media coverage stuff. But basically like, um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of young, especially young people that that are really against like everything that's going on. It's basically like a very hard line religious government uh, that's actually 
removing a lot of hard-won uh, rights of uh, queer people and women um, in a very scary way. And I would argue even like a more immediately scary than someone like Trump, I think. It'd be fair yeah. to say. So this kind of, uh, I guess, leads me into my research. Um, I think like... Uh, I think the best way to imagine kind of like uh like the the way that the propaganda works is like like you know you something like Fox News or something which everyone kind of like uh can recognize is like almost cartoonishly biased at least and uh propagates like a lot of sort of what I would uh like consider to be pretty evil stuff and, and pretty outlandish stuff um and there's and I think most countries have like one kind of equivalent to Fox News but I think the difference in Poland is imagine if Fox News was ABC or, you know, like the the main yeah. like public broadcaster was Fox News. Yeah. There's an article I found uh, on the Ethical Journalism Network, which I used a bunch for the French thing. And it kind of, it's like, uh, it, you know, it's, it just discusses like how bad the Polish media bias is. And it includes um, some translation of like a, of a, a episode of like... Um, TVP, which is like the the main you know news channel, and the one that you know people like have noticed is like tends to be very 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 biased. Um, it, it's very hard to find English translations of Polish TV. In, in fact, it's kind of impossible. Um, makes sense, yeah. I guess, but then it, it's <laughs> that's that's kind of like too. the that's kind of where a lot of the sort of really propagandized news uh, lies, but I've managed to find some translations and then Anya's helped me, which I'll get into later. But so it, this is kind of like the one that I think floats around the most. If you Google like Polish media bias, this is the, 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 the episode slot that's likely to come up. It's before a news program. Uh, a journalist poses the question to one of the candidates, who is the prime minister Duda? Uh, and I think I talked about the, in part one, but he asked him, how can, can it be done so that you actually win? And then they play, before the national news uh, that plays, that's just a campaign ad for Duda, like without, you know, obviously without any kind of uh, advertisements for any of the other candidates, uh, with a journalist, you know, like footage of him speaking and a journalist's voice speaking in the background with like uplifting orchestral music, saying things like, towns and villages, millions of people, lots of important topics and one common goal, pride, dignity, respect, history, tradition, responsibility, credibility, keeping the word. Uh, the reporter continues to list only the successes of the ruling party. At the end of the spot, because calling it news doesn't make any sense, uh, the reporter tells the audience, President uh, Andre Duda defends the interests of ordinary Poles. No one is overlooked regardless of where they come from and where they live. Andre Duda takes every vote and opinion of every poll into account. And then the <laughs> news begins. <laughs> so, like, That's wait, I watched like, that. I watched that, um, that clip and I was like, oh, wow didn't understand any of it but i had to read the article to then be like ah oh, that's what they're saying but it was very yeah. um like uplifting and patriotic and like seemed like very powerful i was like oh this guy looks nice <laughs> you got my vote to <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 <laughs> but this is the, this is the thing that's it, like it's it's mad like before the national news imagine something like that running like it's just it's like yeah, for, it's like great. for anyone and there are denounces that it's propaganda i mean like i, I feel like it's demonstrably propaganda but the from what I could kind of find, I was sort of looking for any kind of like like defense, you know, of um, of of like how this couldn't be propaganda or or what uh like the issues are. And I found I came across this interview. It's for France uh, twenty four, which is a French news thing, but it's in English, and it was sort of like this talking heads, 
Uh, what do you call it? Like, you know when they get two people, that they get them to argue on TV? Debate. Uh, debates. <laughs> debate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> debate. Talking heads. Talking heads, <laughs> speaking in tongues, <laughs> debate. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, the the other, like it was the, uh, the one guy was called uh, Bartolomej Robolewski. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And he's a member of parliament for the Piss Party. And he's arguing with someone of whom I cannot find who, what, like what their name is. Um, and he, his argument is that, uh, and I've got a direct quote from him here, uh, for a long time, a majority of Polish citizen, uh, this is a, a, he's speaking in English and his English isn't perfect. Um, for a long time, a majority of Polish citizen, a majority of us had no voice. Our convictions were not present in any big media in Poland. We had democracy without pluralism in the media. And now the situation is different, but some people are not happy that there are conservative media. And he goes on to kind of explain that uh, from his perspective and from like the Piss Party's perspective, actually it's the other way around where for the longest time in Polish media there was um, there was no there was no pluralism. Um, pluralism, I've got a definition here of pluralism. Uh, pluralism is a condition or system in which two or more states, groups, principles, sources of authority, etc. coexist. Um, which I guess is where that whole plur, that annoying plur thing comes from, right? <laughs> you remember plur? Yeah, plur is just peace, huh? love, unity, and respect, isn't it? Ah, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. So. Yeah, so we're not talking about peace, love, unity, and respect. <laughs> no, not right. I think not the pluralism anyway. might be a bit too far advanced for the Bushdorf hippies. Pl- 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 peace, love, unity, and respect. Uh, media, yeah, media that's interesting because I feel like the uh, like uh, piss party seems to be pretty expressly like anti pluralism Mm. well this is the thing so media i'm just going to go through the definition of media pluralism as well because it comes up a lot in the debate um it's defined as the state of having a plural uh, plurality of voices opinions and analysis on a media system and so basically like their argument which pops up a lot uh is that what is going on is not uh propaganda it's the polonization 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 of the media, yeah. So it's actually the the conservative, uh, like the conservative opinion is finally allowed to be shown, uh, and and that before there was um, there was too much bias, and now it's and now it's on equal footing. Um, See, I interpreted that as because when I was reading and like things that I started kind of stumbling across when they were like, yes, this is our like um, efforts to like polon repolonize. Poland yeah, yeah. and it was based the way that I was seeing it was that they were trying to speak to the people and being like no no we're not putting on any sort of like restrictions or anything like that like we're giving more freedom to you and like giving more freedom to the media and like basically like using it as um, a facade <laughs> and saying that yeah. we are giving you back freedoms but we're actually not exactly um, and the, so the whole the whole like there's a whole angle um and I'm going to read a very long uh, thing that I'll probably cut down out of a... I found an article on this. Uh, it's called The Visegrad Post, and it defines itself as having conservative and Christian opinions and representing the viewpoint of Central Europeans. Uh, so it's bad news. Um, and they, they kind of go on to uh, explain their view that uh, actually there is a lot of... Uh, there is There is a very fair weight of opinions in Polish media... And that actually, you know, it goes on to like this borderline kind of conspiracy theory going on about before before Duda and the the Piss Party kind of claimed the media back. Actually, 
um, like the Polish media was kind of taken over by the EU and and German uh, investors, which own a, 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 a like a large uh, a large majority of Polish press. So I'm going to go on to I'm going to find something. It's a very long quote I've got here, but yeah. um, overall, then it is not a conservative and or pro piss media that dominates in Poland. Far from it. And a few European countries can boast such media pluralism. This is why people in Poland debate much more openly and perhaps a little more heatedly than in many other European countries on important social issues such as abortion, LGBT, social engineering and the rights of children and families, immigration, European integration and so on. Uh, it is not it is not rather this fact that in European Parliament annoys the advocates of a certain politically correct monolithic way of thinking as they are accustomed in their retrospective countries to the unquestioned dominance of progressive pro-European integration, pro-immigration, anti-abortion, pro-LGBT views in the mainstream media. So they like before that it just went on. I'm gonna I'm like really not gonna read it because it's a very long explanation of like all of the different uh, media outlets and, and who, like, and what opinions they have kind of just, like, um, sort of trying to push this idea that, like, it's pretty evenly weighted, which I think, uh, I, I think the, well, I'll actually, I'll get to this, but... Um, I feel like, they, I, like they've, they've done a very good job over there of, like, with the Piss Party being as, like, kind of, like, the term I kept on reading was Eurosceptical, which was, like, you know, wanting to leave the EU... They've done a really yeah, good job yeah. of like turning the EU into like the face of progressive liberal politics. Yeah. That like, yeah, like, we cannot cons- we cannot p- possibly conserve our kind of like national cultural identity without like like and and they've kind of turned the EU into this villainous face of all things that are mm. like that are undermining their values when yeah, totally, like uh, it's not really true and it's yeah, also exactly. well, like just a, pretty... an easy face to put on a on a very ugly beast i think yeah. exactly duda has like this way of like kind of getting close to the eu when there's a chance of getting some money out of it and then kind of turning his back on the eu like when it sort of serves to be more nationalistic and i think there's a kind yeah, of common yeah. Something i mean the like, eu is a like very a lot of complicated Eastern europe is like very good at doing that exactly and the, the eu is is like a kind of pandora's box that like has a lot of a lot of like is, is very like nuanced issues that each country has with the EU. Um, I suppose their perspective is kind of like that. Uh, that even beyond the EU, it's also the other thing is I think there's a, a linguistic delineation that Anya pointed out to me that if you look at Polish media, they'll never say. Uh, when, when you know, and a lot of like on these channels, and I'll get into it later, like on on TVP, whatever. They talk a lot about Holocaust uh, remembrance, and they never say Nazis. They always say Germans, um, mm. and I think that like there is a delineation, and and like it's not something I'd like want to get into like a long argument about. But I think it's very important to note that like uh, the Piss Party will uh, and the media, you know, that supports them, are, are very like prone to like you know germany and russia are a lot of what they talk about and a lot of what they talk about is is like you know like uh is them kind of you know like you know as they they did obviously oppress poland but kind of like sort of bringing that memory into the modern context of a very different germany a very different russia i don't yeah, know yeah, I, don't, I feel it's, like it's not it's like it's it's not the nazis it's germany it's not the soviet union it's russia as they exactly. are um, today yeah, yeah. So in terms of like the the German media conglomerates, uh, I found a, uh, a a sort of a a study 
on media freedom in the EU. It's from 2016, so this is the, like the first year into the sort of piss party leadership, and it isn't. It is a sort of global EU published study. So I think anyone who was on the other side of the debate uh, from, like, well, anyone on the side of the debate that I'm looking at would renounce it just based off that. But they kind of go into it uh, like explaining kind of like who owns the um, the media conglomerates. Um, and I'm going to read a long thing and again, probably cut it down. Media concentration in Poland is considerable. Only seven media owners own the majority of TV, press and radio outlets. Cross ownership is substantial. No updated and reliable information exists as to the financial shares of the media in the market. According to the data provided by the National Broadcasting Council, media concentration is as follows. Bauer Media Group is number one. That's German-owned. Agora, uh, which I think was just bought by a German media conglomerate after the uh, after this study. Reiniger and Axel Springer Polska, which is uh, very much... Axel Springer is kind of like owns everything. It seems like a Jody. I don't know. It's sort of like, like there's a street named after them or named after <laughs> something to do with them. Um, and my friend works for Axel Springer, actually. Or, well, my friend's girlfriend. No, my friend. My friend. And she, I saw a picture of like their office. It's mad. They have like hammocks on a rooftop. They got like a pool on the rooftop. It's mad. They're like, I don't know what they do, That's but they amazing. seem to own just about everything. Uh, ZPR Media uh, is fourth in the, in the listings, and that seems to be a Polish owned. And then it goes on the next three are Polish owned. So it is true that um, media conglomerates in Poland, like the majority of the main ones, are owned by German uh, companies. But I think for me, if I was to rebut that, I would talk about the difference between influence and control. And I think that uh, while it is clear that maybe, well, not clear, but not it's not provable anyway that the the German media conglomerates, uh, the, the media conglomerates being owned by German, uh, German companies um, would influence the media or not. But I think there's a difference between, even if it did, even if there was that influence, it's a difference between like the TVP firing and losing employees that speak out against like the um, the government control over the company and like, you know, running these kind of, the kind of advertising spots for, uh, for like, you know, the piss party that I mentioned at the beginning of my segment. And I think it's, it's kind of, there's a big difference between the kind of propaganda you see on public TV in Poland and like maybe, maybe, uh, German media conglomerates kind of influencing um, what you might see on some of the tabloids in, in Poland and, or even on the TV and radio. Uh, obviously, that's my opinion. Um, I have a good quote about the repolonization that they were trying to implement. It was basically, so it was after Barack Obama went and visited Poland back in like 2016. Um, and Krasinski... Uh, he is a man that's a part of the piss party. Yeah, he's the he's the twin successor from the first. Oh uh, yes, okay. Well, he was stating he said that we have to undertake the repolonization of the media. We have to be brave and not allow ourselves to be terrorized either here or eventually in the EU. He called for a step by step effort to buy back foreign controlled media so that they became Polish to the largest possible percent. So it was this co- concept of like, yeah, like rebuying all of those um, media outlets that you were just saying, Tom, and yeah, yeah, getting them bought by like Polish companies, which they recently just did by an oil company called <laughs> ah, that's that's the one P K N Orlin or Orlon. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't really Orlon. understand what that meant. Okay, that that explains it. Okay, 
Yeah, so they just bought back uh, Polska Press from its German owners. Yeah, okay, right, right, right. um, Is now on the road to becoming, like, in that whole repolonization effort. Right. And some of this stuff, like, there's a a tabloid called Fact, uh, F-A-K-T. Yeah, yeah, I read about that one. And there was, like, a a thing I found that I actually can't find in my research, but I'll include in the show notes where it was, like, you know, had a picture of Merkel splashed over it, you know, pointing in a very kind of dictatorial way, sort of saying, like, uh, you know, like something along the lines, and I'm going from memory here, but it was something like, uh, you know, like the Nazis never went away, now they're controlling what you read and blah, blah, blah. When actually, mm. like, fact is owned by one of these German media conglomerates. So, I mean, like, it's a funny thing, you know, to mention, but also it's kind of, like, pretty clear that, like, if there was some kind of, like, uh, you know, if there was some kind of EU propaganda going on, I don't think that would be allowed to run. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so, like, a lot of, like, people that work for TVP got fired or uh, quit uh, when they wouldn't kind of go along with the propaganda. So, basically, I mean, like, that's my way of demonstrating that it's kind of, like, that there's there's definitely some kind of, like, overwhelming influence from the, the PIS party. Um, so, in that, in people quitting or getting fired, it was actually a bill that was passed in 2017 that um, national media is supposed to preserve national traditions, patriotic and human values to counteract misrepresentations of Polish history, as well as portray (laughs) family values and respect the Christian value system. And so the law also (laughs) forced most public media employees to reapply for their own jobs. So a lot of the time, if they were forced to reapply and they they didn't match all of those values, they weren't rehired. I don't understand how, like... So they weren't how, like, technically fired, but they weren't technically quitting either. They just reapplied yeah, right. to work and didn't get the job. I don't, I've never is, heard... If that so if that strange. isn't, like... If that isn't, like, a, the government seizing control of, like, public media, I don't know what is. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. when you say it, that flat out, like, family I know. values, Christian values, all this kind of stuff. I know. It was so crazy to think that that's what was being, part, like, yeah, stated yeah. in a fucking government bill. <laughs> My lord. Yeah, it's mad. Anyway, um, sorry, continue. <laughs> now, it, so then, so, so that, yeah, so, sorry, sorry. So that's kind of like, that's kind of the argument of these, uh, like, you know, of these media conglomerates. Now I'm going to get, like, the, the ones that are, like, sort of owned by the piss party. Now I'm going to kind of get into uh, what they're actually talking about. And I think it comes with a little bit of context. And it's it definitely, I think I mentioned this before, it's worth noting that, like, a lot of this comes with the comes through Anya who was really helpful in like explaining a lot of the context uh, context of like the a lot of the political situations but also helped translate some of it so uh, she uh, has a big influence over my research but also has been super helpful like there's a lot of stuff that like would is just completely lost even with Google Translate uh, the kind of stuff that I've noticed when I was doing the research for French stuff, um, where she explained to me some of the like interesting linguistical uh, uh, differences in the way that they talk about issues on these uh, media stations, like on these uh, state-run media stations, uh, as opposed to independent media, where like they'll say things like they use terms um, instead of saying, for example, women in favor of abortions. They <laughs> those people have become Advocates of killing children and babies before they are born. <laughs> oh my Jesus god! Christ. Yeah, <laughs> pretty heavy-handed. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a and it's and it is like there's a bunch of shit like this. It's so heavy handed. So TVP, which is the main kind of uh, channel I'm looking at right now, they don't have an English news channel. They're going to get one soon because they quote <laughs> want to spread po- like Polish uh, opinions about like Polish issues around the world, which is a terrifying proposition to like people <laughs> that are like feel connection to Polish heritage, but. Uh, can't access the news so they're trying to basically spread this propaganda global but right now they do have the Poland in which is kind of a sort of like uh, translated version of a lot of articles although Anya Anya's opinion on it is that it's a little less intense than the real deal than than um, uh, TVP uh, I'm going to read an article of, uh, like a couple of just excerpts from a couple of quotes from Poland in um this is an article called Churches Graffitied, Masses Interrupted After Ruling on Eugenic Abortion. So uh, they, they target a lot of the time like the, uh, what do they call it? Advocates of killing children and babies before they are born protesters. Um, so I'm going to direct quote. This is from Poland in. Uh, Social media users have been reporting cases of graffitied <laughs> walls on churches since Sunday morning. In many cases, the perpetrators sprayed a telephone number for women who want an abortion. There were also slogans such as hell for women, abortion without borders, and vulgar words against the the ruling law and justice, PIS party, and Roman Catholic Church. Uh, Here's another one called LGB activists offensive against religious and national symbols investigated. Under Article 196 of the Polish Penal Code, anyone who offends the religious feelings of other people by publicly insulting an object of religious worship may be fined or sentenced up to two years in prison. LGBT activists strike by night. During the week, the week, rainbow flags and anarchist symbols on pink masks appeared on a number of prominent statues in Warsaw. They included a figure of Christ in a well-known central Warsaw church, a statue of the father of Poland regaining its independence, Joseph Pilduski and Caponius. Uh, the nighttime action was the work of three organizations campaigning for gay rights and sex education. They defended the action saying the rainbow flag should not offend anyone and that they were attempting to expose homophobia. What I think is interesting about this article is when I read it, I go, uh-huh, okay, like they put some rainbow flags on some statues. And genuinely, like not because I'm just opposed to the argument, it reads to me as just like a reporting of like what the protesters do. But what um, what I find interesting is like they defended the action by saying like the way that they're talking about it is though like like they're talking about it very accusationally as though like these were the crimes, not this was the protest. And like I think it's just it just shows to me like kind of the context like of where like that someone reading this who would uh, access this news channel would probably be reading those first few paragraphs as like this is a jailable offence that they could be put in jail for two years for. Whereas for me, it's like, this just seems like pretty normal activism, like from any uh, political background to me. Like, I don't know. Poland's Poland's Prime Minister, Matthias Morawiecki, called the actions of, uh, called the actions an act of vandalism and accused the perpetrators of being diverse. (laughs) No, sorry, not diverse. Divisive. (laughs) That would have been next (laughs) level though. Uh, Writing on social media, the Prime Minister stated that they're, should be no tolerance for defiling the national religious symbols in the name of any ideology and that the the statue symbolize values important to Poles. He argued that these must be protected and aggression should not be allowed under the disguise of a quest for equality. Um, Then there's a bunch of articles uh, I'm sort of skimming over where like uh, like a, a bunch of quotes I have about 
them comparing the lightning strike, which is the symbol of the kind of uh, modern feminist movement, the anti-abortion, uh, sort of like reclaim abortion uh, movement in Poland is like a red lightning strike. And there's a lot of articles that that will point out that like, you know, oh, it's, it's the same as the SS logo. Uh, so I've got a little bit of information about the red lightning bolt. Um, a red lightning bolt has become the main symbol for the protest. This is, sorry, this is from a blog called Notes of Poland. Um, a red lightning bolt has become the main symbol of the protest. It is part of the logo of women's strike, Strajik uh, Kobiet, a grassroots women's rights initiative and the main organizer of the current demonstrations. It was originally created by graphic designer Ola Yesodia who says it symbolizes a warning. The symbol has been uh, seized upon by critics of protests who have tried to claim that it is similar to the insignia used by the SS of uh, Nazi Germany. Ritziad Teriki, head of PIS Parliamentary Caucus and Deputy Speaker of the Lower House of Parliament, uh, said it was sad to see opposition MPs wearing face masks ref- referencing totalitarian symbols. Wait, so this symbol is used um, by women who are anti-abortion? Yes. Uh, no, no, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Who... who uh, no, no, who want to reclaim the abortion, who were protesting against the government getting rid of abortion. So... So pro, pro-choice. Pro-abortion, yeah. The, okay. What is it again? The um, women who were in favour of baby murder or whatever. That, that's what they were calling them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so um, it's just the, the fact that it's a lightning bolt, they've they've managed to turn into it looking like the S in the SS. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. I, I found in that Notes of Poland, if, if you can be bothered looking at it, listeners, there's a... Uh, there's a there's like a chart that shows that it's much closer to like the ACDC logo than <laughs> like anything with the SS. <laughs> apart from it, it's just it has some lines in it. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna keep going. I'm just gonna read as all of the highlights I have of this um, of this uh, the English version of um, Poland in before I get to Anya's translation. Uh, this is quite a long one. Uh, early in the week, the pres- this is an article sorry, called President Asserts That LGBT Is Ideology. There's a whole thing here where oh the president... God. Yeah, okay. Early in the week, the president... Un- yeah, 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 hold on to your, hold on to your seats. Earlier in the week, the president unveiled the family, family charter, which included pledges to stop any indoctrinization of children with LGBT sex education. Interesting that they only ever refer to it as LGBT... Uh, that's something that comes up. Yeah. The, pre- the president recalled how in the time of communism there have been attempts to indoctrinate children. Today we are faced... W- this is a quote from uh, Duda. Today we are f- also faced with an attempt to impose an ideology on us, a new one, but one which is a- the essence of neo-Bolshevism, argued Andre Duda. If at school ideology is conveyed in order to change a child's point of view and appreciation of sexuality at such an age, uh, the child is being disturbed and confused. It's pure ideology and nothing else. This is the president. <laughs> the president also defined a ruling law and justice uh, MP, Jacek Zalek, who on Friday argued in commercial TVN interview that LGBT was an ideology rather than a category of people and was cancelled for those remarks by the presenter of the program who later argued that she could not allow for the dehumanization of a whole category of people. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. The president is, is running for re-election. Um, he also stated this, you know, I mean, he won this election. Um, if anyone doubts that this is an ideology, they need to only examine how the LGBT movement was developed on a global scale. Many people who are different sexual orientation do not identify with that movement. Behind the facade of tolerance lies, uh, hides a deep intolerance towards all those who reject it. Um, yeah, 
so mental. Uh, I'm gonna keep reading it because like this this article just goes on and on and on. Um, LGBT has become an ideological shorthand for something more than just a category of people. In this way, it can be compared to the way the term proletariat became synonymous with a Marxist definition of the working class. It presents <laughs> lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transsexuals as a social category. Some might even argue a social class, but it's highly debatable whether this is a coherent social class. Uh, many LGBT oh activists would object to be calling cultural Marxists, arguing that they are social <laughs> liberals. Attempting to increase the scope of freedom from individuals under privileged minorities, however, it is important to understand what term cultural Marxism actually means. Marx's work, let's get into what, let's get into <laughs> Marx's work uh, concentrated on a description and critique of capitalism, but he only offered not only a recipe for bringing capitalism down, a revolution followed by a dictatorship of the proletariat. He envisioned a new order in which there would be no states, nations, religious, religions, or patriarchy. It is that vision of society that left the new left Marxists, now often called cultural Marxists, Marxists concentrated on us. This is well described. Like it just goes on and just talks about like uh, Marxism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's mental. And th- keep in mind, this is. I mean, you know, if we if we uh, like yeah, like coming from Anya, this is the watered down version. Like, and and this is like public TV that is on every night. Uh, she translated a whole. Um, like 20 minute piece uh it was on uh sort of some of the crimes of the sort of like pro-abortion uh demonstrators and i can't read the whole translation because we don't have the time but uh i'm going to try and sort of focus in on uh some of like the i'm not going to call them highlights maybe i'll call them low lights of um (laughs) this is and this is the real deal this is translated by anya uh, thank you very much, Anya, for translating it. Uh, and I'll try my best. It's a news program. It's kind of like, and I'm gonna. She's given some information about what's going on, and we've got a link to the to the video, obviously, in the show notes. Um, uh, this is the the news broadcaster speaking. Um, Hanging puppet lookalikes of right wing politicians, piss politicians, calls to burn down their homes, and more and more attacks, also with use of knives. This is the current picture of the so-called women's protest. Its activists attack churches, priests, and believers. The movement lever has a straightforward warning for Catholics. There is still time for you to pick the right side. Uh, Christiof Nowinka Konopikia, yeah, pronunciation, sorry everyone, reports on the dark side of the pro-abortion protests. Gdansk, Church of Christ the Savior. During the ceremony of blessing of the Holy Sacrament, uh, two women invaded the church believers intervened almost immediately then there's this really full-on footage of what they're painting to be i don't see a knife maybe she has a knife they they sort of explain that it's a woman with a knife trying to attack everyone but it looks like just an older lady getting pulled out of a room by a bunch of men who were screaming at her (laughs) it's really (laughs) full-on um yeah uh so then i'm gonna kind of skip a bit forward to back to like this is the reporter speaking after they do a couple of interviews with some cops and dickheads uh, the anti-abortion protests are getting more and more violent. In Kresiowicz, politicians of the Kolyaska Obliwivensk, okay, uh, the political opponents of the PIS, um, organized a rally. Threats of using Molotov cocktails were mentioned. Moreover, thre- uh, threats to set fire to the House of Politicians of the ruling party were heard. All this was happening in the presence of 
the you know the opposition um, politicians and members. This is what drivers in Warsaw would see on the Trasa Latien Koeska, puppets symbolizing right-wing politicians hanging from a pedestrian bridge over one of the main highways. For now, these were only symbolic puppets that were hanged. <laughs> Uh, then, oh my God. then there's an interview God. with some some guy. I don't know who he is. Just some dude. Currently, it's about getting rid of the current order to substitute it with a new one. Right now, they are in the destruction phase. Back to the uh, journalist. The verdict of the Tribune Cordiski, the Constitutional Court, apparently that is, addresses exclusivity, killing unborn children, expected to have untreatable and severe illness. The advocates of abortion spread false rumors as it as if abortion was completely banned. So it's basically banned in Poland apart from when the kid is going to be really sick. Uh, even in the case of mother's life being in danger or rape-caused pregnancy. Now the pro-abortion postulates are being combined with the demands of LGBT ideology. That includes demands to let you know LGBT to ad- adopt children. Apart from the rainbow color theme, the women's protest is getting more and more shady now. <laughs> this is a modification of a poster which encourages participation in those pro-abortion protests. This And this is the original version before the modification. German Nazi propaganda poster glorifying working camps of the Third Reich. So they're basically just comparing a flyer to like a pro-abortion flyer to like Nazi propaganda poster from the Third Reich. Um, and it goes on and on and on and on like that. Like, I, like you know, I'm, I've, I just had to pick some of it. I can't like... Uh, yeah. I just see if there's anything else that really needs to be... Oh, here we go. So this is like skipping a bit forward and we're in a we're in a teacher uh we're we're talking about a teacher who's complaining that like all these young social media people are you know bringing sort of fascist ideology into school which is just like a mask with a red strike on it um she says one sec sorry my computer's fucking up uh she says now you all must delete the fascist symbols on their phone sorry otherwise i will not let you participate in class that you have three minutes this is the reporter. Those are some of the effects that indoctrination has on people who recently were kids and children themselves. I mean, like, I could go on and on and on and on. I'm not going to. I'm going to stop there. But, I mean, this is what we're talking about. And, like, uh, I really I really think that, like, I don't know if, like, there's any way of proving something like that uh, state media is owned by, um, by a political party. But to me, it's like, I mean, that makes it pretty clear to me that, like, uh, that's what's going on here, and I don't think um, I don't think like their claims that the EU has been doing it for a long time and they're taking back Polish uh, voices into media really, to me, it, like rings true after reading all that. But that's my kind of that's my research basically. Mm. No, I completely agree. I think a lot of what I researched as well was just basically insinuating and stating that. The government and the piss party have definitely taken over, at least yeah. public media. Um, and I think that kind of leads into my section about what I researched. Mm. But uh, basically, I went down the the rabbit hole, not really, but I went down the section of disca- researching what Poland have been doing to stifle private media. media. Yeah. And what they've actually done, like as of February, they've basically created and shaped their new kind of like media legislation after the Hungary model. And so Hungary as oh, of God. February 4th um, basically introduced this media capture, which was 
um, on show in the Budapest courtroom on February 4th, where the court rejected the request for a temporary license extension from Hungary's last independent radio station, which was called the Klub Radio. Klub Radio. Um, which basically airs like a lot of critical voices against the government. And mm. this was followed by a decision by the Media Council of the National Media and Communications Authority in September 2020 to not extend their license. So basically, Hungary just brought in this whole thing over the past few years of giving certain companies licenses. And then if they didn't adhere to certain kind of guidelines that this uh, Media Council introduced, then they were forced to shut down or they right. were forced yeah, to well. <laughs> only go into like online media or like be only like one kind of platform and so this um radio program initially had like a website it had a radio it even had like a tv uh platform as well and so now they've been um basically told that they are no longer allowed to do anything but online and so um and that was as of like yeah february and so they're obviously trying to appeal that because so it's, called it's like di- it's like fascism using bureaucracy to like pretend yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and that's the thing like hungary hides behind this idea that just because they have no journalists in prison or anything like that that they have a free and independent media culture yeah where yeah. in fact like they're doing all of these kinds of things behind the scenes yeah um and so after this Poland Poland also in- announced like two days after Hungary announced this thing with the Kluba radio Hungary I mean sorry Poland announced the rem- um uh what did they say they announced this tax hold on I'm just going to find the tax uh the so, the uh, the Polish media tax Yeah yeah so they announced the Polish media tax would base which would basically add um so the whole thing was that all media would be taxed on their advertising revenue. And so private media owners said that the planned advertising tax would add $270 million annually to their costs and could send many companies struggling um, to like fail. And that uh, public media, their tax was significantly less because they were public and they weren't determined to have uh, ad revenue to keep going. So they were already subsidized by the government and the government weren't taxing them heaps because they weren't making heaps through ad revenue. Yeah, um, right. And so, but so then like, the again, thing, the same, the same basic philosophy is like the Hungarian. Um, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And this literally happened like two days after that whole court case in Hungary happened. And But then with the Polish government, the Polish government have decided to use the coronavirus as like a, um, like a mask as to why they're increasing yeah, yeah. and creating this tax revenue. And it's said that they're yeah, using it as like an opportunity to stifle the media. And so they've um, come up and said that – I'm trying to find the – um yeah they described the proposal levy as like a solidarity fee and they say that the aim was to raise money for the national health fund and for culture struggling with the coronavirus epidemic so we're basically deciding to stifle media in order to gain money to then help with the pandemic yeah well let's <laughs> see like, how much how much what? of that money flows down into the <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> often i, I find like, it doesn't funnily enough it's so crazy and so what happened as of um this was not too long ago. I think this was in March. No, sorry, mm. not in March. Um, 
end of February. So all the privatized Polish media companies staged a blackout um, in yeah, protest yeah. to the tax um, bill <laughs> that they're introducing. And so basically TV channels, radio stations, newspapers, magazines all ran like black front pages um, in a protest against the taxes and that some places they said hold on I'm just trying to find the quotes that I wrote so TVN and Polsat TV went black with the message find out what the world will look like without independent media Mm. and then other websites had like black front pages with the slogan media without choice and then like a lot of a lot of Polish independent magazines and newspapers have on their websites which I've been looking at um today there's one called one. Yeah, the uh, um, the Galzetta Wibroska. They have uh, on their yeah, 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 front yeah. page. Oh no, it was in my screenshots. Yeah, it has. There is no freedom without solidarity. Support free media and independent journalism. And what else did they say? And they yeah, stay in solidarity. And they have like all these donate buttons for people to like mm. click and support. Um, and then this this specific uh, Polish company, media company, is actually quite conservative and liberal in its views. But right. I thought that was crazy when I was like reading. I was like, oh, this seems yeah, so wild. Yeah. But like, quite a conservative uh, media company is like still stating all these things. But now very that we've telling, though. Yeah, exactly. How it, liberal this country is <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I also I think it's like I think it's very telling that if even like conservative media sources are also recognizing that this is like this is um you know this is like targeting you know like yeah, any exactly. voice that's in opposition to the government i think it's yeah. very very telling mm-hmm. yeah that's what i found because i would assume just that any kind of media company that was sort of conservative would be in support of the government but then that's just yeah. me having like a blanket rule against liberal and <laughs> labor in terms of Australian politics. But but, th- but this is the difference between why I, this is why it seems much more like, like, uh, like, you know, the, the, uh, an authoritarian like uh, attempt to kind of control media as opposed to just like, you know, having finally a right wing voice. Yeah. Again. Like I think this is yeah. another like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was very, yeah, it was, very weird to see and I was going on all of these but then it was also kind of frustrating which I mentioned before when I tried to search on these independent publications um like discussions and stuff about the tax bill and that kind of thing there wasn't a lot to find like a lot of the companies weren't actually writing about it or posting about it Mm. um it was only that kind of one blackout solidarity action that they took which I found very strange and then I tried to find like a lot of different kind of independent publications that would, you know, kind of give me some insight into what they were thinking, but I didn't really find that much. But one mm-hmm. thing that I did find, because I was reading a lot from like Reporters Without Borders and like Politico and then yeah, like, yeah. you know, BBC News and that kind of thing. But I did find something interesting, which uh, it was on, so Reporters Without Borders does a World Press Freedom Index each year. Um, yeah, and so yeah. they rank all the countries in the world based on their level of like press freedom and like freedom I remember, of speech. I remember that like, from from the French episode, I think I looked at the, the that in terms of like the French press. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's super interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. And as of after Hungary introduced 
their kind of media council, they were listed 89th in the world in terms of freedom of press. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> Poland, after they introduced their new kind of policy and tax and all that kind of stuff. As of like 2016, it's been going down. But as of mm. 2020, they were listed 62nd on the list. Which like in the grand yeah. scheme of the world is not crazy low. But in but the grand a, like, scheme large... of like progressive cultures and one of the one of the bigger kind of nation states in the EU. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh yeah that's pretty pretty low. Pretty pretty low. Pretty pretty so... low Paul. <laughs> Not great, not great stuff. Uh, and then there was even one thing that I found that Zeb got me onto because he kind of stumbled upon it and then I read about it, which was that mm. there's a Sydney professor who named Wojciech Sadurski. Um, mm. He was basically sued for defamation over tweets, um, criticizing and pointing out like... Over tweets? Yeah, um, oh of the God. Polish government. And so they've now like he's he went to court in 2018, and he's been appealing the um, charges for a while. But basically, the sentence carries like a 12 month jail sentence and like heavy heavy financial yeah, penalties. This is the thing: people are going to jail. Like a lot of people are going to jail long term for speaking out against like the Polish government, which is like something yeah, that you know we're we're looking at the media, but like. That this is only really we've only ever we've only really focused our efforts on like the media <laughs> like that's just yeah, one part of like the shit that's going on there like you know and we're really like skimming the surface like I know that I could have yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. found a lot the one thing that I did find from a Polish independent media company was one dot net and they were talking about how um, this is like a direct quote from what they were saying, that we cannot be indifferent to these attacks on democracy wherever they occur. That is why I speak out against the efforts of the Polish government to weaken the independent media. Um, and so that was like one of the one articles that I read that was by mm. an independent Polish media company that I was like, oh, well, that's great. Because a lot of the time, if it was on their website, it was from another, like it was from The Guardian or it was from Route Reuters. 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 Yeah, right. I want. Um, I wonder, like, you know, having no idea whether this is true or not, it's complete speculation. But I wonder if it's because they get themselves out of legal trouble by not posting it in their words. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Because in all of the stuff that I was looking for, I'm like, why on earth? Like, they kept going on about the Smolensk. Damn it. What is that? Smolensk. Smolensk. The Smolensk catastrophe that happened, like, 11 years ago. And this has been, like, the majority of all the media that I kept reading about. Like, what is this catastrophe? Yeah, in summary, I think that, obviously, due to all of these new media laws, a lot of independent companies are now, like, quite worried about actually speaking out against things due to the ramifications yeah. that they could see. So, it was and probably is going to be getting a lot trickier to find independent media that are actually going to be saying what they want to say, you know? Yeah. Which is very, very scary for like, I mean, yeah. this is a, I think like kind of like bringing to the summary, I think like fascism can be like people throw around like, you know, I don't know, fascism a little bit. There's a big, you know, obviously there's a big debate about what dictates fascism, but I think like at the very least, it's like, I think like the state controlling the media is a very terrifying uh, prospect even when it isn't like a hell and fire and primstone, uh, you know, super, super hardline 
fucking Catholic government that's like, you know, really like taking people's rights away. I think like all that together, even just all that, and that's the only size we really looked about to this, like, it, it, like that's that's as far as we got into this. I think like there's nothing, I don't know, that just to me, like I had no idea quite how bad any of this was. And like the more I look into it, the more terrifying it really is. Like it's, to me, it feels yeah. more intense than some of the other uh right-wing governments that like like that i know quite a lot more about you know Mm. well i think it's also i think because we are all quite involved in the media like regardless of if it's our occupation or if it's the way that we seek news or whatever it is the way we communicate with each other when that is really kind of imposed upon i think that's really scary to think about and to think about how whatever we're receiving could which is again the basis of this whole podcast but could not be the truth or could be very misconstrued and that scares me a lot because then I'm not someone who wants to be you know um gullible or like convinced of something that's not necessarily true but if that's what I'm receiving and that's what I know to be true and it's not that's terrifying I'm so used to Rachel's voting for Andre Duda yeah exactly press 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 freedom is one of those like things that like I almost take for granted that, like, in countries like Poland would be, you know, at risk of being kind of, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not revoked, but kind of messed with. Like, but, but yeah. I, like, to think of a country, you know, like, and, and like, you know, that neighbors the country I'm living in right now, where, like, something like that could be happening so overtly feels just mad to me. Cause it's, it's almost like, and I think, like, yeah, being, and, like, you know, yeah. like, not, not to make this about to about Mui, but I think like talking to Anya, what really scares me is like, I don't know, like I I'm a young queer person in like that that part of the world, and like to me it's like the kind of the kind of things that like affect me, uh, uh, like I, like I don't know how to talk about this without it's not a comparison thing, but like the sort of things that like I face, uh. I don't. I don't ever really think about like being in the position that someone in Poland might be in, and and even after I like read the infographics and know a little bit about, the more I read and hear about, it, the more I actually imagine like the the uh, in a, in a, a thing that I would like to stop in myself is like you just you just think like when I imagine what's going on there, I imagine it's happening in like the fifties. It, it it doesn't feel like two thousand and twenty to me. And then yeah, reading this stuff and yeah. seeing this stuff and thinking like, oh no, this is happening. Like I I've been to these countries during this time period. I've I could get on a train right now with a corona test. I could get on a train right now and go to Poland. Like this is not happening in a in a bubble. This is happening in real life. You know, and I and I don't know why sometimes it's hard to like really connect to that truth. But like yeah, I don't know. It's mental. It's really fucked up. It's really horrible. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else to yeah. say about it. It's scary. Yeah, absolutely. I feel it's interesting. It's, like, it is very scary. I don't know, based on what like you've been like those quotes that you've been reading, Tom. The um, the kind of like uh, simple language that I don't know if it's like me and us and our, our and our kind of bubbles that we live in, but like how intensely, like how obvious the language that's being used is like employing like message like you don't really have to read very far into it like you know like say like the uh rather than even in even in like a fox news report they'll refer to like pro-choice people as pro-choice most of the time but instead in poland they'll refer to them as like the baby murderers like <laughs> the baby death squads yeah, and all that kind yeah, of stuff it's, it's so it's like, it's like it's so intensely emotive and yeah overt 
and it's like uh, it's quite like terrifying to see it work that well. Especially in a place yeah, where you like, think that, and, like, and I think, like, you would be aware of, like, the, the power of language and what it can kind of, like, what it can instigate, but... Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's things that I, like, skimmed over, like, there was a lot of accusations of, like, a left-wing fascism, which, <laughs> I don't know, like, maybe, maybe they, like, oxymoron. a political science student could explain to me what that means, but, like, maybe there is a real difference. It like, exist. It just, stuff like that. <laughs> you, just, can't, you can't have it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It can't exist. Like, but it's, it's mad. It's, it's, it's so... It's it's so avert, and what the, what it, like, like there's something I'm trying to touch on here that I I can't quite explain, but it's like what scares me is not that it it, it like it is avert, but it's also like it's speaking to someone who would already think about this stuff. Not it's not trying to convince anyone. It's speaking to people who already are yeah. indoctrinated, and that's mm-hmm. what scares me. Is yeah. I'm used to them like although they're using tricky language to try and you know trick me, but it's like no, it's it's communicating to people who already feel like this, and that's what's really scary. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I mean, like, they're speaking to a, like, a, what seems to be a largely conservative audience to begin with. Like, they don't have to necessarily win anybody over. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, and so yeah. they can be much more overt about it. They don't have to be as sneaky and kind of, like, trick people into yeah. buying into their ideology. Um, I guess yeah, I want yeah. to end the episode on... I have one thing to end news. the episode on. I well. found out, so, you know, I said, the Smolensk catastrophe... Get over it, guys. So it's actually, I realized, I've re- re- researched some more, that it uh, killed the uh, ex-president. <laughs> um, so it was, <laughs> the reason why everyone is so distraught about this is because it killed the president, Lech Kaczynski, and his wife, Maria, and that they initially thought that it was due to, like, pilot error and weather conditions said by Russian investigations. But now, this new report has come out and said that uh, the Law and Justice Party had founded that the um, um, hold on, hold on. We'll quickly we'll sum this up. That the tragedy was caused by a number of deliberate actions, and that the way the official government delegation um, was prepared by Russia was a hundred percent inaccurate. And so they think that it was a Russian ploy to kill the president. And so it's got all these interesting things. There's a film right, that's just right, come right, out right. that you should potentially watch. So, anyways, yeah, there you go. That yeah, is okay, why the Smolensk, Smolensk catastrophe is all over the media right now. <laughs> right, okay, right, right, right. It's a big scandal. And um, I did some investigating. I found out it's uh, this bloke named Janus, Janus Korn Mike, um, who is a very old man uh, born <laughs> in 1942. Very old man. And uh, right. he belongs to the uh, Liberty... Liberty Party, um, and he's been in office since 20, um, 2019, yep, and he is far, 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 he is like a big time conservative, but I've <laughs> I looked at that photo of him at a, what looks to be like a Comic Con sort of thing, or like <laughs> Anime Con that he went to, for whatever reason, for press, I suppose, um, and yeah, this photo went viral of him holding in his arms like a baby or a small dog. Uh, <laughs> this anime femboy cosplaying. <laughs> what is an anime femboy? An anime femboy. <laughs> um, you know, like a like a like a like an effeminate boy dressed in anime. 
cosplay, and it's this old lurching man so who he looks was like holding <laughs> he was holding him like a baby in his arms. <laughs> Like a like a husband what? and bride on their wedding day, you know, carrying, <laughs> oh, carrying like the, going the over groom the threshold. Pr- yeah, like through the door into yeah, their yeah, bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. threshold. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there this guy go. who looks like the giant out of um, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, <laughs> holding this anime Jesus. fanboy, and I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now, Janice Corwin McKay, and uh, if you just go onto the contents of his Wikipedia page, it's got biography number one, number two, controversies, and then two point one. Allegations of sexism, 2.2. Allegations of racism, 2.3. Allegations of ableism, (laughs) 2.4. Allegations of anti-Semitism, 2.5. Other conspiracy theories, 2.6. Criticism of the EU, and 2.7. Criticism of social welfare. And there was one choice quote from his uh, criticism of social welfare where he claimed that, quote, if someone gives money to an unemployed person, he should have his hand cut off because oh he's my destroying God. the morale of the people. Oh, and my so, yeah, God. You go to this, if you look up Janice, uh, Janice uh, Corwin Mickey. Um, I'm looking at the picture right of him now. holding the, the anime <laughs> fanboy. I want to see. What is, what and you'll <laughs> see all of the other photos of him just, like, earnestly shaking hands with various fairies. <laughs> Why? 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 I want to see this. Let me see. Why is he holding anime fanboy? <laughs> I don't see nothing. I just see Disney. What is? I that? found a video which will be posted oh, in full on the uh, on the Opheads Instagram page. You should just play it a little bit here because it's quite funny. Yeah, I'll send it to you, Tom, so that you can insert it in. Which was like an anime anthem to Andre <laughs> Duda that I found on YouTube. <laughs> which... God, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, no, actually, no, don't play it on here because it's like the audio is not that funny, but the whole the video is very funny. I We've think got the a bunch audio of, like, is funny. Anime character drawings of of Duda. And it's just got all these things saying, most handsome, <laughs> handsome <Yeah>. president, <laughs> most <laughs> successful <laughs> social media president. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's all right. Well, we'll put that in as a little bonus, as a little, uh, a little, as a little, uh, what do you call it? Like a fluff story. Yes. Yes. Page we'll three. Notes. Do they still do that when they talk about like page seven and page four? Do they still do that now, or is that page an old seven, school yeah. thing? I think I so. Know. If anyone has anything to to add or to like uh, to rebut or to you know I don't know point us in a different direction or uh, always email us at opheadspodcast at gmail dot com. As usual, uh, our research notes will be available at www.cowerspace slash opheads, and you can find all our sources among other things. Little. Uh, fun things for everyone to enjoy. Uh, if you would like, you can visit my writing and stuff at cowardspace.com. I've got lots of stuff. Rachel's writing as well is also on there. None of Zeb's, can, unless yes. Zeb wants to post something. But uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the writing blog at the moment, uh, which you can mm-hmm. enjoy. Yep. And Indeed. anything else? No, nothing. Can you be followed, Rachel? I always just do PocMag, but I feel like you can follow yeah, me. If you want to know more about myself, guys, you can follow me at, um, at Rachel underscore Morrow. But Rachel is spelt R-A-C-H-A-E-L in case you wanted to know that. Um, and yeah, and also follow PocMag because we're doing good things. We haven't posted in a while. We've been a little bit slack. Me and Mercy have been very tired. But you we're getting back Easter it. vacation. As were we yeah. as well. For, uh, if yes. anyone, oh, yeah, if we anyone cares. <laughs> we, we took a little Easter vacation. That's why we've, we've been away for a bit. But we'll mm-hmm. uh, keep doing these uh, every two weeks if you want us to. Um, yep. That's all I can think of. You can yeah. follow me 
Um, yes. You can follow me. Have a lovely week. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, follow me on TikTok at um, uh, M-Y-O-Z-E-R-O-1, I think. Um, if not, you can yeah, find me right. on Facebook at uh, 4chan.com. Why? <laughs> you are such a little troublemaker. <laughs> follow me on, on, on 4chan. Follow me on Storm. Okay, I want to go to bed. So let's, let's 8chan. Stop. We don't have to <laughs> Follow okay. me on you are not this conspiracy. Oh, gosh, I'm feeding into this. Check, check, Goodbye. Check, check, check. I'm out. Bye-bye. <laughs> Rachel, yeah, out. Check, 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 check. Everyone's got good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you?